Hello? One? Two? Is this thing on? Great. What's up? I'm Powerfuse, a retired goblin sapper in Warcraft Arclight Rumble. Someone paid me to tell you about this channel, Arclight Insights, and I never say no to money. These guys have podcasts, guides, interviews, PvP tournaments, you name it. <laughs> You've got what you need here. All those marvelous creations are engineered by the folks at the explosive Prisoners of War Guild. So, if you like their mumbo jumbo, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> I did. I might even like it. Well, gotta go. Time is money, friend. Keep it real. Hi, I'm Watchy from the Watchy TV Twitch channel, and I listen to the Arclight Inside podcast. So that's an interesting discussion regarding the different objectives. Do you guys have any specific points in terms of the map mechanics that you want to expand on? Actually, I have a point which also is relevant, especially relevant for PvP, that being the gold nodes. I have heard a discussion where someone said in PvP it's always better to be reactive than being proactive because when being reactive you can always trade better, more efficiently when playing the exact counter to what your opponent sends to you. When both players are being reactive, nothing really happens. And I think we all would agree that's boring. The gold nodes are a objective that incentivizes player to move out on the map and do something to, to send minis on the map. And I think it's, it's a really interesting way to get the game going and Personally, I'd like to see more of that, more reasons to play, to be proactive and not to be reactive. Do you guys have any take on that? Yeah, I'd have to agree. We, we talked about earlier about the, the maps maybe being a little basic, but purely based on skill for PvP. But the way they're designed right now, it is really made to like, you either push directly for towers in the middle or you go in, like that's one of the maps where you go in the middle or in... Or in the other case, you go for the gold nodes. And in one of the maps, you get the high ground if you go for the gold nodes as well. So I think it's designed really well to really counteract the feeling of always being reactive. You can be proactive and still, like, win from that. It's still gonna be a bit hard, but yeah, it's, it's a good balance, I feel. I also think it's going to largely depend on, especially later in the game, what your PvP rank is. I, I'd imagine the lower tier of PvP is a lot of players who really aren't too good at countering what's coming at them. I guess a small antidote, when I was playing StarCraft years and years ago, I pretty much played one build up through Platinum, and I literally just rushed Banelings with... Really straight, I think I went Zerglings, Banelings into Ultralis and pushed pretty much through Platinum with one build. Because really up until that, there's a lot of players who didn't really scout and they weren't too reactive. Everyone was just kind of just playing their own build. And it was almost like a game of rock, paper, scissors, you know, but blind. You don't know who won until you're essentially too late to deal with it. So I think in the early stage of this game, people are going to be trying to play what build they want to do, and they're just throwing their units out without really thinking about what's coming at them. So they're going to just kind of hope that, you know, they're throwing out a rock against the enemy scissors. Maybe in the later stages, after we've had a lot of time to play, 
all the PvP tiers have really been balanced out and you really have the later higher ranking players playing each other and actually taking the time and you know your people may not even be playing in units until 30 seconds in because no one's playing anything because they don't want to get countered when everyone's essentially at that point running builds literally to just counter what could be in the meta at that time. I think the early game PvP is going to be a total free-for-all because you also, as far as I understand, you need to have the minis on your team that you want to level up. So basically, like, I want to level up a Mountaineer when the game comes out, but I don't think Mountaineer is going to be a really good PvP unit, but I'm still going to have to use it to level up if I want to do it quickly through PvP. Yeah, if you want to level up a mini for PvE, the easiest way is through PvP because it goes to one of seven minis where the PvE quests can be from any mini that you have unlocked. But yeah, as you said, Chubb, you might not want to play Mountaineer in PvP because it's not a competitive PvP mini, but it might be a competitive PvE mini. So then, but if you're not winning your PvP match, then you're not getting your XP. Hopefully that's where they maybe bring in this PvP like we currently have it and then there's a ranked PvP where it's more focused around your spot on the ladder and you have your normal unranked PvP where it's a bit more free-for-all and less competitive but it's better for just for playing random comps of minis that you want to try out without affecting your rank. What's the XP difference between winning and losing? Oh, insane. If you don't win pvp you get like i think it's like 8 or 12 xp which is oh. just your generic xp that you get from any match it's like essentially it's experience from the mini that you one of the minis that you've played on that match they have one of the seven minis has a chance of getting a small amount of xp which is like xp that you would have earned just from being in combat so it's essentially not worth just bashing your head against the wall losing every game just to eke out some meager experience you actually need to put effort into leveling up your minis in pvp by trying to win oh yeah so i'm for example i'm player level 42 now which nets me 197 xp in a pvp win so if you're getting 197 xp for one win or 12 xp for a loss you can sort of just do the quick maths of how inefficient losing over and over and over is. Just a quick question for Gora, because he has the most experience and he doesn't need a long answer here. Do you think the gold regeneration is too slow, just right, or too fast? I think it's good where it is at. Like when you get into the last minute of the match where the gold income is doubled, um, it feels less strategic and more spam everything kind of thing and like it feels more like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks where if you when you use like your normal gold income for most of the match that's it feels slow enough where it's uh, strategy but fast enough where if you play carefully you can keep a few gold in reserve to spawn like a mini at your base to counter the unbound mini that your opponent plays in pvp for example yeah so pvp is where you want to keep a few gold reserved to counterplay your enemy if they keep it's like if you got seven minis essentially you could keep one mini without playing it until mid or late game to surprise your enemy with it pve though is where you you just replay the match and you learn the nuance of the map condition and how the map plays what enemies enemy minis are they will deploy and you learn to 
through repetition to create a strategy. PvP is more on your feet, of course. Hopefully, uh, they'll be able to add it. Maybe they'll add a replay, like a re rematch feature in, so you can replay the opponent you just played. That could be quite fun. Is you could be neck and neck, and you're like, I could have won that if I did something differently. So that could be fun. Yeah, that that'll be fun. I I just think probably they should reduce the amount of uh, experience you get for replays with the same opponent because we all know what's going to happen if they do that in turn you're just going to have a oh, bunch of, of bots yeah or that, that rep, yeah or friends helping each other which is uh, yeah, want, that, yeah that would be something that yeah they would have to make sure they're on top of uh, yeah so spanner what have you got planned for the pre-nerf meat wagon segment Okay, so today we have a bit of a game which is not related to the game, just so we also have different kind of content as well. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put Toasty and Trixie in one team, just because they both start with the letter T, that's the only reason. And I'm going to put Chub in Goragraph in um, second team. So what we do here, uh, this is based on a game called Gespionage. I'm going to ask you a question and you uh, between the two of you you just quickly confer and you tell me what percentage you think applies to this question so for example the first one i will ask you it's what percentage of people wear socks when they sleep at night so be between the two of you just uh, discuss what is your opinion and give me a, a percentage and the same with the other team and this, the closest percentage team gets one point there will be eight quick questions and the team with the most points wins obviously in the end so let's start with the alphabetical order let's start with chub and gora so what percentage of people wear socks when they sleep at night uh yeah gora do we have a a solid thing you want to go with here uh no well personally i don't but i know my wife does sometimes when it's cold and um, i don't i find either. it weird but yeah, i, I just, know uh... from what she said it is seems to be i would say I think it's more than I think it is, so I'm probably maybe thinking, well, like 35, 40%-ish? Yeah, I mean, I just googled what's the number of psychopaths in the world, so I'll say something around there, yeah? <laughs> Alright, we'll go with, what, like 38%? Yeah, the other team? So, um, is it a competition? Because if it is, we just go 1% lower. Dolce, I just added the rule here. If you are within 5% of the correct answer, up or down, you get an extra point. Go. Do you, what do you think, Toast? you want to run with the 15 we talked about? Yeah, I would say, f yeah, yeah, about around 50. Maybe, maybe go to 17. All right, yeah, we'll we'll go with 17. Okay, seven. Do we also count Jesus? What's what's the word for that? The the, the numbers after the comma point. Sorry, guys, I forgot Toasty was German. So this, this <laughs> <laughs> Nachkommastellen. We call it in uh, German. I, I decimal. Decimal. Yeah, yeah. Do, do we also include that? Oh, like percentages? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that close, like that uh, important. We can okay. just use a whole number. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, we go with uh, 17%. 17%. Okay, the correct answer is 16. So that will be two points for Team Toasty Trixie for uh, being the closest and being within 5% up or down mm, on the nice. correct answer. Nice. Uh, wow. Way, it's nice to if it's one nice of you uses wrong. Google, sorry, sorry, <laughs> girl. If one of you uses Google to help you, you have a special place in hell for you. I mean, oh, this is a weird no. case where I'm actually happy they're right because <laughs> if it was more than sixteen percent, I think there's something wrong with the world. Uh, yeah, same, yeah, exactly, job. I, I'll, I'll happily take the loss there. 
<laughs> question, <laughs> question number two. When given the choice of Superman's X-ray vision or ability to fly, what percentage of people will choose flight? I think this is a question of how many deviates are in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> how many perverts? Toasty Trixie mean? first. Toasty. Um, yeah. I'm gonna guess flight is just gonna be the more popular since I'm probably guessing little kids were pulled and they're not deviants yet. I'm gonna. I'm thinking like 65. What do you think, Toasty? Uh, I actually th th this question, the th the answer that like flight seems too obvious to me to be like on on 60 or or 65 percent. But but maybe maybe it's just as you said. I I feel like there are more more naughty people. Right, give me a number. But, uh, but yeah. Okay, let's just go with uh, 65 percent. 65. Yeah. And the other team? I mean, this depends I... on how philosophical we want to get. Because, like, <laughs> of course people are going to be deviants and want X-ray vision, but if you really want to think about it, if you chose flight, people would also, like, try to capture you and find out how the, like, how you're flying. <laughs> so, I, like, personally, I would take the X-ray vision, but I'm also a creep, so... So give me a, a percentage between you two, please. I don't know, like, I mean, how, how long have people wanted to fly for? Like, since forever. <laughs> I think flight just has to be the bigger right. one, because it's it sounds more fun, right? Okay. Yeah. What, 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 what are we thinking? Like, 70%-ish? I was about to say 75, but yeah, somewhere around right. there. Alright, we'll go 75%. 75, okay, the correct answer is 83%. So Damn. this means... Oh. Team Team Gora Chap gets one point. They almost got two, but not close enough to the correct answer. Back to Chab and Gora answering first. What percentage of people take their Oreos apart before eating them? I mean, can oh. we just say a hundred? We're back to the psychopath question. <laughs> well, um, I don't know about uh, the other guys in other countries, but I remember there was an ad on TV in Australia years ago for Oreos. And I was like a kid with a dog, and he would like twist, lick, and dunk or something with the glass of milk. That's, and he that's the whole thing dog. about Oreos. Like, yeah, and I don't. I'm guessing that they showed that in like all around the world, and probably just changed the uh, like languages over the top of it. But I'm not sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we have a Danish version. Yeah, well, they say the so same if thing. They did, yeah, if they did that, I'm guessing they. Um, Convinced a lot of people that's how you eat Oreos. <laughs> so I, I don't say, know. It has to be like, can, like, can we say ninety? It can't be. It can't be a low number. That it's like the description of how you eat it. I don't know, I'm thinking maybe well, like fifty-three like percent or something. Just over half. Fifty-three, really? Yeah. Like you said, not everyone is a psychopath. Yeah, not everyone watches TV ads either. So. I mean, okay, I'm gonna trust you on this one. All right, we'll go with fifty-three percent. Fifty-three. Team Toasty Trixie. I don't know. I feel it's more efficient just to eat the Oreo whole. Yeah. <laughs> it's more efficient, but it's like you have a ritual, and you just. <laughs> no, it's 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 part of the part of the enjoyment. Of do you want to say sixty? Since I feel like it's going to be lower than we think. Yeah, lower than we think, but higher than the the, the uh, uh, and Gora. So yeah, about let's say yeah, let's say around 60, 65. Okay, yeah, we'll go with sixty-five. Sixty-five. Once again, close to two points, 
but Chabengora gets one point with the correct answer of 46%. Really? Wow. 46. Yeah. That is actually quite high. <laughs> Question number four, and this time is Toasty and Trixie first. What percentage of people believe there are aliens out there somewhere in the universe? Oh, this has to be high. I'm, I'm, I would say, I'm going to say 75%. I would probably say even higher. But you want to go like 80? Mm, I mean, what does count as aliens? Like, if there's even some sort of bacteria on another planet, is that an, is that an alien? This is part of the fun of the game, because you don't know what people thought about when they were asked the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. well, let's go with 80. I think that sounds good. Let's go with nine, uh, 79. Okay, for good, 79. For good measure, okay. 79. And the other team? I just have to imagine, and that's not to get tricky in any way, but like a lot of religious people don't believe in that, do they? And religion is a big deal. I don't know where this question has been like asked. That's maybe a big contender for if people believe yeah. this or not. I know Jackbox uses thousands of people for to get this uh, data from, so it, it will be a very mixed demographic to get this. Jackbox is very fun. I'm just gonna throw that out there. There are people that think that like the Earth is flat, so I'm gonna guess the number is way lower than they're saying. Okay. What do uh, you think, Gora? I think it's actually maybe like forty or something percent. I'm trying to remember. I think I was listening to like a stream or podcast, and they were talking about different about belief ratios in the US, and some of them were like crazy high. So I think it was. Yeah, I don't know. I think it just completely off the top of my head with my bad memory, 40 something percent, but... I mean, if we go with that, we're also like in completely different ball ranges, so it's going to be fun. Let's go yeah, with that I'm one. Like, it, could be, it could be a lot higher, but nah. We'll it go has with 40%. to be on the low end. I, I will, yeah, let's go with 40%. It has to be on the low side. Okay, so 40%. The other team answer was 79. And Toasty just cost the team one point by changing from 80 to 79. Oh because no. the correct answer it's is 85. 85. Damn. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. It happens. I'll take one point over zero. Yeah. Okay, I guys. guess that's what happens when you watch um, like Transformers. You know, you think there's big giant robots out there. By the way, if you include religious people, would, would any... DT count as an alien? I that, like we don't know. We don't know if they count that. That's the funny part. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think it's uh, a mystery. Let's but... let let's move ahead before we start a religious debate. Um, which which one? Which one? I'll just which like one? to say this is another one where I'm happy I was wrong. Like <laughs> I'm happy that it's in a big percentage. Yeah. <laughs> right. So question number five. What percentage of people have flown in helicopters? Does a have hot air balloon count? Air? I believe not, because it's not a helicopter. What about airplanes? Do airplanes count? What about <laughs> jumping off a cliff? Seagulls carrying babies. No, honestly, I don't, um, what do you guys think? Uh, <laughs> riding in a helicopter is a common tourist thing isn't it i have never been yeah, in a helicopter but, it, but well i haven't either and uh I've, my previous occupation was working at aerodromes so but that was like there's definitely a lot more planes than helicopters and helicopters are expensive as well yeah i, I think know. there was like 
$2,000 per person per hour for hiring a small, like, four-person helicopter. That's I'm just going to throw a number out there. It's gonna, is right. it going to be, like, 30? 30? Yeah, 40? I was thinking something pretty low. I was thinking 23%. So do you want to go with, like, 27 halfway? <laughs> sure. 27. 27 is the answer in the other team. I'm thinking it's not super high, but not super low, because it's pretty, like, you can get a helicopter ride around here for, like, $25. I, I never, where are you? <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, at, well, the, that's, that's at, a, cheap. at a local farmer's market, there's, like, helicopter rides that's been cheap for, like, years. I think it's, like, an attraction. You know those helicopters, they are not maintained for, like, Holy they look so it, the thing looks so sketchy like I, i'm not gonna do it personally but you know good luck to them i'm, I'm guessing like 45 percent. what do you think toasty i was my my first thought was actually same as gora on 23 percent. then i switched it to 13 because i i don't think i know anyone that has ever flown a helicopter i never maybe, did it maybe, myself do you, you want to kind of meet somewhere in the middle at like 30? I mean, yeah, we, we can do that. Okay. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll try 30 and see who's really wrong. Yeah. Okay, in this case, Team Gore and Chubb did with 27% are the closest to the answer of 15%. One oh five. my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, Toasty. That's okay. We are one for one now. And uh, after five questions with three questions left, both teams have three points. Question number six. With the Toasty Trixie going first, what percentage of people prefer dark chocolate over milk chocolate? Oh, I'm old guessing old people. Like, old I'm and bitter people. Low. Yeah, like 10. I'm guessing like 10 or 15%. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more than that. Imagine. But. What do you think? Maybe like. What did you say, 10%? I was thinking like 10 or 15, because I think a lot of more people are going to prefer the sweet chocolate in yeah, general. Yeah, so, I mean, you also would probably have to account for maybe white chocolate. This is only a part of the a, question. It's yeah. a straight comparison within these two only. Yeah, yeah. but I, I was I was thinking if, if someone prefers white chocolate and then they have to choose between black chocolate and, and oh, okay, milk okay, chocolate, okay. maybe there's... But yeah, no, that's a bit too complicated. So let's go with like 16% or so. Okay, I'm good with that. 16, and the other team? They have to be somewhere in the ballpark. Like every chocolate bar you can get everywhere is milk chocolate. Milk chocolate is definitely the most popular chocolate bar. So like, you know, you look at all your snack chocolate bars and they're all pretty much milk chocolate or coated milk chocolate bars. Yeah, and dark chocolate also has the stigma of being healthy. People don't want that. Yeah, but then you also, <laughs> on the flip, like reverse side, is that it's seen, dark chocolate is seen as healthy, and a lot of people will be like, well, I want to eat chocolate and I want to be healthy, so I'll have dark chocolate. Yeah, we may, I don't we know. may want we, to consider how many, how many got asked the question and then they want to go like, oh yeah, I eat dark chocolate. How many want to seem healthy? Hmm. I would maybe say we, we go for somewhere in the 20s or. I don't like twenty twenty one percent. Should we just like be cheeky and go with twenty seven again? That was good. Right. All right, we'll go with twenty seven. Twenty seven. And the other team, can you remind me again of uh, your percentage? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. So dark chocolate has many health benefits. It is used a lot in cooking. I mean baking. 
making it. Right. And uh, it is surprising for you that the answer is 38%. Wow. So, uh, that is actually quite high. Yeah. So, so the team that got the points here was... It's uh, Gora and Chubb team with four points, Toasty and Trixie team with three. And we are now in the last two questions. So Toasty and Trixie, pay attention so you don't yeah. get... Okay, Gora and Chubb first. What percentage of people have at least one expired item in the fridge right now? Are you really <laughs> going to call us out like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking from something like the other day that we had. Um, and it, was, it wasn't from the fridge, it was from the pantry. And it was like one of those sort of non-perishable items, but it does have a date on it. And it was somewhat out of date, so... I mean, we're looking at fridge items. I mean, how many people have that old half full jam jar down the back? Yeah, yeah I was about to say <laughs> specifically jam. Yeah, like everyone has that one thing that you need to have, but you never use it. But yeah, that, it has to be up in like the 80s somewhere. Like, yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty high, I think. Like, of course, there are people that actually clean the fridge regularly, but it has to be 80 or I above. mean, that's work, isn't it? All right, what, do you, what are we thinking? Like 70s, 80s? Let's say uh, 87. <laughs> 87? All right, we'll go with 87. It's always 7. 87. And the other team? Uh, it has to be egregiously high. I don't think in, in my owning of a fridge that there hasn't been something in there expired at least once at all times. I'm guessing like something high. What do you think, Toasty? So, 87 is really close to 9 out of 10 people, and I feel like that's a little bit too high. Um, so I'd go a little bit lower, maybe in the 70s. Uh, you want to say 77? I would, yeah, I would actually go on something like 73. Uh, let's meet in the middle again, shall we? Right. So 75. Just... Okay, yeah, well, that works, 75. Let's, let's see. Let's see what the answer actually is. Can I just state for the record, if it's lower than what we said, people are lying. <laughs> <laughs> so we have 87 and 70... Five. 75. Okay. The correct answer is 82%. I knew it. So, so this means that uh, Gora and Chubb get two points. I, I cost us again a point. It happens. It isn't that... No, actually not. <laughs> or did I? Yeah, I said that. You did, yeah, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. Seven. We, we would have. The uh, score um, would be 6 5, yeah. Yeah, now we because can't I win would. anymore. Well, let's try for the last question, see if we can just nail it on the dot. No, you Toasty, can, thank you. You can. <laughs> so now is, now, now is Toasty Trixie first. You have a chance to save face and get two points and only lose by one point. So you can still look good here, guys. Okay. What percentage, <laughs> what percentage of people make their bets every day? It, oh, sorry, we're just really attacked today. Um, that has, it's gonna be it's gonna be so low. Like especially in this economy, who can afford to make their bed in the morning? <laughs> um, I'm ge I'm guessing like thirty percent. What do you think, Toasty? Um, I believe it's something you learn in the in the military. Or you, you're required to do that. So basically, everyone who's ever been in the military, I believe, has like yep. adapted this habit and. Um, my girlfriend forces me to do it, so there's... I, there's... Yeah, I, I did it for like two years after I left the army, but then I forgot about it. Oh, okay, yeah, well, but it's... 
it has at least something to do with it. So yeah, I mean, we can go with 30%. Seems reasonable. Also, I don't want to switch up your answer. I'm sure no. I'm wrong, but we'll go with <laughs> He's it. scared no. now. At least I this won't. time it's your fault. <laughs> imagine, imagine if the answer is bang on 30. <laughs> Alright, all right, we'll go with 30. Let's see what happens. Okay, and the other team? I mean, a wise man once said, it's not about making your bed, it's about that little success in the morning to start the day. So, for that reason alone, I think it's gonna be low. Nobody's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> Who was this huh? wise man? Uh, somebody I saw on YouTube. He, he just created. Asmongold. Like he's gonna make his bed, yeah. Also, some people probably don't sleep in beds, which would bring this number down, maybe. That's true. Know. Or a couple, right. couples after an argument, things like that. <laughs> I I'm thinking that the wife makes the bed and the husband doesn't, and then he gets in trouble. <laughs> that sounds extremely that's, that's how it goes. That, that, that's how it goes for me. I'm thinking it's probably like one third to half of the population that makes the bed in the morning. It seems, I think it is quite a popular thing to do. So is our answer 33.3333? Is that very, very Carrick? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. 33.33? Yeah. Okay. The correct answer is 20%, which gives a point to the toasty <laughs> Trixie team. Oh, wow. So Lower than I thought. One-fifth one, one of the people in the world start the day right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they fail again when it's the eating breakfast part, right after that. <laughs> yeah. By not eating breakfast. Um, Maybe not even not eating breakfast, but eating like only candy for breakfast. Or leftovers from dinner last night. Uh, here so we call it cereal. Uh... So or one of those like up and we have uh, like a drink called up and go, and it's just like a small thick shake sort of breakfast drink, which is you buy from the supermarket store and you get like a pack of six or twelve. And I know a lot of people just grab one of two of them in the morning and as they run out the door. Yeah, it's 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 better than nothing. So the final scores are Gora and Chubb with six points, Toasty and Trixie with four. Thank Let's you, go. Thank you, gentlemen, for playing. It was fun to 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 no, really thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah it was cool. actually really fun. Yeah. And for those listening um, on the podcast or YouTube, you can play along at home, I guess, as well, and see if you guys do any better. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if you if you have the time, let us know in the comments. We'll, uh, if you actually beat the six point score from from Gora and Chub team. And for our next segment, uh, we have an update on the PvP tournament. Spanner, how's it going? It's been a lot of fun so far. I, ha I had the pleasure to be um, involved in the editing of the videos. So uh, it's a lot of fun because I get to watch it multiple times while doing it. Excellent commentary so far by Pineshot, Agora and uh, Toasty. We are a bit behind in terms of scheduling because some uh, unexpected circumstances uh, already kept two players out of the competition. But we have been proactive and we just created a wildcard game on the quarterfinals. So we are bringing back Pineshot vs Gino for a uh, two eliminated contestants in this wildcard game for a spot in the semis uh, to kind of make up for these games that we weren't able to play. 
Gora and Toasty, you guys had the pleasure to commenting on the Pine Shot vs Fieldsy match. What did you guys think about it? Uh, so yeah, uh, me and Toasty both had good fun in commentating on the two matches. It was definitely fun to watch other players go head to head and see their strategies and minis and how they utilize their minis in a team and how they support one another. Uh, Toasty, and what did you think? I mean, there's not really much to add to this. I had a lot of fun casting. I want to do it again. And yeah, I think it's a good idea to, instead of giving a person a walkover, just replaying a match or playing a new match. So yeah, we have more content. We can, we can comment on uh, more matches. Yeah, that's that's just awesome. I, I really I really love the tournament, and I'm really excited for when we are doing it bigger, like having more players. And I'm really excited for when we can hold bigger tournaments with more players. Yeah, good stuff on that part. Good stuff. Toasty, do you don't be too scared of offending Gora if you have to, but do you have a favorite that you think to win the tournament? So the the thing is, I haven't seen Gora play. So, looking at it um, from the matches played so far, Fieldsy is looking quite strong and his team comp definitely seems to be on point and well-rounded and can handle pretty much anything thrown at it. Um, I actually versed him earlier today uh, just randomly in PvP uh, while playing and yeah, I got dumped on pretty quickly by him. He was playing the same comp as in the tournament so maybe I'll have to sit down and think about how to counter him. Well, I haven't seen all of the players play their matches, so I'm not sure if I can give an educated guess, but yeah, Filzi looks strong. Also, Gora has a lot of experience. He's progressed the campaign um, yeah. and plays a lot from what I can from what I can um, judge. So I believe it's be it's gonna be one of those two guys. Okay, so sorry to put you guys on the spot while Gora is here, but Chub, what's your prediction for Goragraph versus Rook upcoming upcoming game? I mean, just for the bias sake, uh, I want to root for Gora. That's that's maybe the logical stance to take. I haven't seen a lot of Rook's gameplay yet, so I don't know how he is at maybe adapting. But I yeah, mean, I, I I'll I'll wait to see it play out. I, I don't want to root too much for anybody at this point. That's fair. I've, for, I've, from what I've seen, Rook is, he can be a really tough opponent as well. He, uh, but we'll see. I know he's not going to be walking apart for either of them. What about you, Trixie? Who, who do you reckon is going to get that one? I truly haven't been able to keep up on it being, uh, being out of town a lot recently. True, I, I truly can't give a good enough opinion. I'm just going to root for Gora. Continue to stay biased. Yeah, I'm just sure is the all the matches from now until the end of the tournament will be fantastic. The commentary has been fantastic. We've been getting a lot of praise for the value added by the commentators. And uh, yeah, so please guys stay tuned. If you go to our YouTube channel, um, you will find at least three matches already uploaded there. Let us know if you like it. So for the final segment of this week is the tricky question of the week and the question posed last week was which is the most popular World of Warcraft races played in both the EU and the US. Both regions 
have the same answer with Blood Elves being the most popular race. And congratulations to Mini Man Low and Togar for getting the questions, uh, both questions right. Shout out to Mini Man Low, he's second week in a row that he got it right. I, I guess there was a few that got it wrong. I sent my own answers and I thought there was humans actually. So sadly I didn't get it right. <laughs> I mean, I'll admit, like Blood Elves, that would probably be on the list for one of my least picked. I'm actually kind of surprised by that. You haven't been in a horde city very often. Yeah. No, I, I, I would have sort of picked Blood Elves to be at least pretty high speak, up on the list. Not to create a segment out of this, but do you guys believe that it's something to do with uh, racials, visuals, or you think it's just due to the enormous mm. popularity that it was the Burning Crusade? Of course it's visuals. the visuals. Have you visuals. seen Visuals. Them? Yeah, definitely, definitely visuals. visuals. The, the racials are not too bad. But if you if you watch like competitive World of Warcraft, most uh, very often it's like night elves for the invisibility or dark iron dwarves for because their racial can stop bleeding, which I believe no other racial or any spell in the game can do that. Mm. And so blood elves are also decent, but not too good. So I, I gotta go with racial. Uh, with a uh, with, uh, visual. I don't know. I think the females look good. It's not bad to be looking at a blood elf female while you play. But I think the males are a bit too... I, I, I don't find them uh, masculine enough, for example, to play a, a warrior blood elf or something like that. Spanner, what are you trying to say here? <laughs> I'm saying... I'm saying what I've said, I don't, I don't think they look like manly enough. W would you play a warrior blood elf, really? With, I don't know. I wouldn't. I, 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 I think that's the joke of the elves. They're, they're, they're yeah. very feminine. It's a, like in all, even in like Lord of the Rings, the elves are very, you know, unmasculine. Yeah, I wanted to play a paladin on Horde side, and I had to choose between blood elf and Torin. I, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't play another blood elf. Yeah, that's that's another one as well. I think the race, the the class restrictions could also influence people to pick blood elves in this case because but, yeah, um, yeah. They, they can be the blood elf or they can literally be the holy cow. I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, it writes yeah. itself. Trixie has the question for this week. Trixie, take it away. All right, so for this week's question, we're going back to the start of World of Warcraft's history. What happened in the first year of World of Warcraft's history that required the devs to roll back the server several times over a month to fix? I, think I have I, an idea for that one. I yeah, you know, I you know. I think I know. But I, I don't. I think it's wrong though. At the same time, I, I didn't want to add anything else to that because it would uh, made it a little too obvious. But that this one, you never know. It's just yeah. it's just vague enough where you think you're wrong. I started to play in Wrath of Lich King, but I think I know what this is about. Yeah. And then for the listeners in the guild, you can send your answers to Tapsnap. And for anyone else, you can send it to the arclightinsights at gmail.com email. And then we will see next week who uh, figured everything out. And I believe Gora has a small update for us as well. So we have a quick guild update. Uh, I'd like to say congratulations to Spanner and the guild leaders for t uh, our two-month anniversary. The guild's grown quite a lot within the two months and it's going really well. And yeah, so thank you Spanner and the t leadership 
in the guild for running it, maintaining it, and keeping everything going. And a shout out to Slade, uh, who is the top monthly contributor in the guild. Yeah, well done Slade, and keep up the good work. And also shout out and congratulations to Togar for the top weekly contributor as well. Keep going for another few weeks and you'll get monthly, I guess, like Slade. Yeah, I just, I just want to quickly add, uh, it's good to see uh, community guests also getting this sort of accolades. Uh, it means that they are not there just lurking, they are being active within our guild. And Togger is one of the newcomers, just like Chubb. They are being extremely active and it's great to see. We Everybody that applied to our guilds, they applied as very active and competitive people. And it's good to see people that are true to their words and promises and keep the guild going. And uh, yeah, we will always value activity and participation and engagement in the guild. So thanks everyone for making our guild a great place to be. It's a pleasure to spend time with you guys. It's a pleasure to be here. So thank you everyone for tuning in in this week and listening to our podcast. Don't forget you can like, comment and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on one of the podcasts, you can follow us and find our other podcasts as well on the channel. And there's a few extra videos like the PvP tournament on YouTube for you to watch as well. Uh, thank you, Gora, for uh, hosting this uh, main hosting this podcast, even though you've been recently ill and you've very tired and busy so we really appreciate you your effort and uh, just to add a little teaser at some point in the future if uh, more people in the in the podcast get hold of better access we will try to produce some extra guides in the youtube channel so keep an eye for it yeah it's really great to be back back in the country and was able to make it back in time for the podcast it was a really really fun episode this week and looking forward to next week as always toasty yeah, I agree with that. It was fun as always. Sorry again, Trixie, for dra dragging us down during the during the contest. Um, <laughs> oh, he's still sad about that. Yeah, one. I'm. I'm. St I'm. St I'm heartbroken. <laughs> I'm because it happened twice. We'll get him next time. It's yeah. just like it's just like in football. The Germans they really hate to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for. We, we we hate to lose, but we we do it often in in the in the last <laughs> couple of years. It happened too often for for my taste, but well, we'll see uh, during the next World Cup. So, so so much for that, and yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, see you next time if if that's okay. Once again, thanks for having me one more time, and uh, I can't wait to be part of more content in the future if that's going to be a thing. But yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, goodbye. Thank you, Chubb, for coming along, and thank you to all our listeners for tuning again this week, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you, and goodbye. Hi, I'm Snake Man, one of the most exciting and loved members of the Arclight community, and I listen to the Arclight Insights podcast. Created on the 8th of May 2022, the Guild Prisoners of War is a force in the Arclight Rumble community. We have a solid structure in place, with the roles of chieftains, taskmasters, elders, and wolf riders. Our discord is always active and our members are friendly, competitive, and knowledgeable. We will always challenge ourselves to compete in all content types in the game. If you think you got what it takes to be one of us, apply to our guild today. All the information you need is available in this episode or in the general podcast descriptions.
We are looking forward to having you with us on the battlefield.